Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Claudio Ralsano show brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. We are taping from the My Policy Quote studios here in Swickley, Pennsylvania. As always, I want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and the outros and my fantastic producer who I could not do the show without him for sure, Mr. Adam Zalouf. Today's guest, Nick Kaplack, who is now the assistant coach, hitting coach at Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Community College. Uh, in Ohio, he's a championship uh, high school winning coach, multi-times, uh, obviously one of my best friends, family member, and of course, Smoking Jim Frazier, Golden Quilt, NFL uh, scout. Uh, he's on many shows with Ralph Williams talking about wrestling. And uh, the boxing, he's one of the stars of the Boxing Authorities, ba- Boxing's Best Show, and he's also uh, with Steel City Sports World. Nick and Jim, thank you both for being on the show. Appreciate it, Claudio. Thanks for having us. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having. Thanks for having me, Adam. <laughs> All right. Okay. And Jim. Jim was a family member until he threw that shot. Doesn't doesn't acknowledge <laughs> me. We are going to have a series of shows dealing with the '70s and '80s of professional wrestling. What I think is the golden era of professional wrestling. That covers, of course, the WWF, now WWE, NWA, World Championship Wrestling, World Class Wrestling, and AWA. So we're going to try to have a a bunch of great wrestlers to talk about, and uh, we're going to start off the show with, in my opinion, the the greatest there ever was. He held the title for uh, two times 12 years. And uh, his nickname was the Living Legend. We talk about him many times on this show, and that is Bruno Sammartino. Nick, uh, give us your thoughts uh, first of all on the career, and, and, and your thoughts again uh, and opinions on Bruno Sammartino. Well, you know, Bruno came before my time, Claude. But um, it, you know, being a Pittsburgh guy, you know, growing up, you heard a lot about Bruno and you heard, heard all the old timers talking about Bruno being, being the greatest, but, you know, and I know we'll slip into it, but there, there was the one, you know, Bruno had the greatest career ever. Bruno's most respected guy in Pittsburgh. And Bruno goes back to a time where, you know, every show um, that they had, had, it had to have a real wrestling match in it. Um, so, they had, um, you know, so Bruno was involved in a lot of, of real fights too. I mean, there, there's, there's no, uh, denying that. Um, the only mistake Bruno ever made in his career, in my opinion, I know you'll disagree with me is when he fought Zabisco and he disrespected the Zabisco. He tried to show him up in the ring a little bit and, you know, he trained Larry Zabisco and, and Zabisco got a little upset and, and, Maybe, you know, right or wrong, he hit Bruno with a chair. Um, and then Zabisco went to the went to the top of the charts after that. But, you know, Bruno did try to, you know, he did show him up a little bit. He trained him and everything, and he was he was beating him up in the ring. And, and, and uh, Zabisco had to take take some stuff into his own hands. And the, 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 the neat thing, though, all joking aside, is Bruno came before Zabisco and Larry Zabisco being a, a other Pittsburgh guy, um, you know, that's hard. That's hard to follow. Um, you know, both great wrestlers, but that's hard to follow. But Bruno, um, you know, nobody was as strong as Bruno back then. It was a different kind of strong. He had that old man strength, you know, the, 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 the little bear type of type of strength. So great, great respect for Bruno San Martino. Um, you know, and all the way up through, he was still in the ring. You know, he got into it with Piper. Piper, um, you know, he shoved Piper. They, and what's funny is, I don't know how old Bruno was when the, when the Piper deal came in, but, uh, they, you know, Piper ripped was, his shirt uh, off. And he, he was he was born at 35, so he was 50. So, yeah, so he gets his shirt ripped off, and, and that's probably the best, you know, physique of a 50-year-old I've ever seen. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 
Jim, your thoughts on the living legend Bruno San Martino? Oh, man, I tell you what, Nick really laid it out, man. But uh, I tell you what, man, the Bruno story has been told over and over again. But the, where I come in on Bruno is one of the strongest men that God ever created. I mean, he could have been a world champion, record-setting uh, Olympic weightlifter. Um, just natural strength. I think he did. Um, I think he set a world record with, uh, I think, 335 for like 20 reps, 25, no, 35 reps, which is, um, you know, I, I just can't even imagine anybody doing that. NFL players can't do that with 225. And, and just, you know, just a guy that, uh, you know, every, I think every month would sell out Madison Square Garden. You know, he, he, he was, he was considered, you know, he was considered the leading man in New York there for, for many, many years. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just interested in, in hearing uh, what you have to say about Balam Claudio, but just a guy that just held the, the title for his many, many years, but never did get along with uh, Vince McMahon's father. Jim, do you ever think that that he, he held it for, five and a half years and and i believe seven years do you think in a total of 12 do you ever think that'll be broken Jim? well um can you hear me claudio yes got you now yes Claud yeah yeah um yeah i think it'll be broken really it won't be broken in our life it won't be broken in our lifetime or on planet earth maybe a mark <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's moving to Mars, brother. <laughs> it, it, it will, it will, we'll never see, we'll never see that record go down. No way, I, brother. <laughs> I agree. Nick, Nick, do you ever think that'll go to uh, broken? Be broken? No, no, it can't be because you know they they on on wrestling now. You know, every single night someone's jumping from the top rope. Every single night someone's going through a table, and every every six months they're changing the belt. So they, they, they need to reset, you know, their entertainment back to um, where you actually have a champion and where you actually, you know, you know, everybody does everything now. It's just, we're just so oversaturated. Um, they need to, to go back the way it was where, where you had a real champion. You had Bruno, you had a Bob Backlund, you had a Hulk coat, you had guys that had it for a while. And now, Man, you, it's hard to watch because you see the same thing every single night if you put it on. Right. Well, you know, that's a good point about jumping off the ropes and everything. So there's injuries to deal with. but uh, And they weren't high flyers back in the 70s and 80s. And Bruno, of course, was champ in the 60s. From May 17, 1963, beat Buddy Rogers. Then he lost the title to Ivan Koloff in, I believe, January of 71. Then he regained the title against superstar Grant. Uh, uh, Stan Stasiak in February of uh, 73, I believe. But I, I think the reason why he held the belt so long, as Jim mentioned, he packed the biggest uh, place there was, Master Square Garden. I want to say he sold it out 211 times, which is ridiculous. Something like that along those lines. Um, so he was the most popular champion. And um, as far as my stories with him, I remember uh, there was, here in Swickley, there was a, I've said this before, there was a family uh, on Bank Street, and um, it's right off of 65. And I was a little kid. I'd never watched wrestling before. And all of a sudden, this guy who lived there, he put on uh, studio wrestling, and there was Batman. And I said, wait a minute. I, I love Batman, right? So I'm watching Batman wrestle. I said, you got to be kidding me. He's a superhero, and he's a wrestler. And then after he got done, he had the whole costume and everything. And then here comes Bruno, right, with the slick black hair and the, the big chest, like you said, you, smoking Jim, you know, uh, and, and Nick, how strong he was. And then he started talking Italian. Said, oh, that's my guy. That's the biggest Italian I ever saw in my life, right? And then um, – but, Nick, you mentioned the, the Zabisco uh, fights. And I had read so much about Bruno – and saw interviews, but I never saw him wrestle. And except one time on WOR Wrestling Spotlight, he fought George Steele. And it's like, oh my God. Then I, I saw him in person for the first time in February, or March or February of 1980 when he fought Zabisco. 
And I said, wow, that's really him. He's really, he's real. But as far as that, uh, that whole rivalry between him and Zabisco, Bruno said at the beginning that he was not going to try to apply a hold and keep it. He wasn't going to try to make Zabisco submit. He wasn't going to try to hurt Zabisco. He was going to, you know, make it scientific and all that kind of stuff. And then of course, Zabisco, uh, hit him with the chair a couple times and you know jim and nick and to our fans one time me and a bunch of my friends were at the quaker valley junior high gym it was february of 1980 we were playing basketball and there was a guy that walked in the back of the gym his name was mr vaccaro and he walks in and he says zabisco turned on bruno I said, yeah okay no no he really did he hit him in the head he hit him in the head with the chair three times he busted him open and everything and Bruno laid in a pool of blood. Yeah, okay, Mr. Vaccaro. We, we did not believe him. None of us. There was like maybe 10, 12 of us. We did not believe him. That's how much we were into this. And and it was, you know, believable back then. They sold it to us, right? So we all watched wrestling at midnight on WOR. And when we saw that happen approximately 12 20 a.m. in the morning, all of us start calling each other, but we couldn't get a hold of each other because there was no call waiting back then. You know, the lines were busy, but we could not believe it. But uh, Bruno was, and, and and Jim, you'll you'll appreciate this. He appeared on, in my opinion, more magazine covers than any athlete in history because wrestling used to have nine magazines a month come out back in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, and he was on every cover. And, um, and I also had the good fortune of meeting him several times and, and calling him a friend and he was just the nicest guy. And there's a great documentary out on him that Larry Richard produced. And, and you got to check it out about his life story. But with wrestling, he, he was just unbelievable. Now, Jim, Nick mentioned, uh, 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 Bruno's rival against Larry Zabisco. Do you remember any other rivalries that you liked that Bruno had? Well, I tell you what, man. Um, you know, Larry Zabisco was one of my favorites. You know why, don't you? Why's that? Because he wrestled at Penn State, baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Jim always brings up Penn State wrestling. Yeah, that's right. But but I, but I tell you what, man. <laughs> I tell you what, Claudio. Um, there were so many. But the ones that got me uh, the most was when he slammed 600 pounds Haystacks Calhoun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at that time, that was uh, an impossible feat. And, um, you know, he, he pulled that off. And I'll tell you what, man, that was something for anybody across the world that really didn't appreciate wrestling, appreciated Bruno San Martino after that you know, because uh, you can't fake that, man. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, anybody else would have to lift him up with a crane. And uh, Bruno <laughs> slammed a 600-pound man, man. That was that still goes down, man. That's one of the greatest feats in wrestling history for now, me. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, a lot of people didn't believe that he was 600 pounds. So they, they weighed him on one of those. It wasn't a regular scale. It was one of those, I don't know, cow scales, whatever the hell they are. And he, and he wasn't 600 pounds. He was like 614. And, and and Bruno had, Bruno had two things happen at Madison square garden. And that was number one, when he lifted haystacks Calhoun up, he said the plate, the roof was going to erupt. And then whenever he lost to Koloff, he actually thought that he got hurt because he couldn't hear anything because everybody was shocked. (laughs) So he had the loudest applause there, right? And he had the quietest. Nick, besides Zabisco, what other fight stands out in your mind? You know what? He just goes. He goes a little bit, a little bit before me. But when you right. look at like Ivan Ivan Koloff, um, you know, you look at at some of the 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 old what what would be older guys to me when they were younger. You know, Bruno pretty much faced everybody. Right. Um, so it goes a little bit before my time on that one. For me, I, I liked when he fought. I mean, like Jim and I were talking the other day, he had so many rivalries, right? And another one that was really interesting to me was Spiro Serion, which uh, Jim will remember Spiro Serion. He was tough, but he was a good guy, and he turned on Chief Jay Strongbow. And then Bruno, of course, 
um, got into it with him. But that they, they actually had the fight of the year uh, back in, I want to say, 75. And uh, I always enjoyed that match. I've watched it. It was, a, I believe it was the Texas death match um, or, or I quit one or the other. But uh, it, that was a big time rivalry. But he had so many. But Bruno certainly uh, earns that nickname, the living legend. And, you know, obviously one of these shows we're going to get to our Mount Rushmore. But I think Bruno has to be one of the Mount Rushmore uh, fighters. But um, we are going to take a quick ba- break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, we'll mention, uh, well, we talked a little bit about Larry Zabisco, but we'll, we'll finish up with Larry. And uh, after we hear from our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric jackson Lori, and my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963, mypolicyquote.com. Ask for Lou. Great guy, great company. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township and on my website, the best boxing show on TV by far, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier and myself. You can check us out on Channel Box. WB, click on the WBC Live link. And I also do another podcast, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Podcast. You can check us out at PA. Uh, bca.org and there's a special announcement coming soon about a new show that I'll be doing on a new network but when we come back we'll be talking about Larry Zabisco with Nick Kaplack and Smoking Jim Frazier we'll be right back Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something, then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 9963. Okay, guys, we are going to talk about somebody we brought up, and that's Larry Zabisco. Uh, Larry Zabisco had a nice career going. He was a tag team champion with Tony Gurria. As Nick said, Larry Zabisco was taught, trained uh, by Bruno Sammartino. He used to hide behind Bruno's hedges in North Hills, and finally he got up the nerve to ask Bruno to you know help him in the wrestling world and bruno did it think about that a superstar like bruno bruno helping a kid out and uh and of course the rest is history jim what are your memories and thoughts about larry zabisco i tell you what man pittsburgh (laughs) Pittsburgh, uh through and through pittsburgh proud a guy that came up and was uh, mentored uh by bruno after he got done uh wrestling at uh, penn state um, a guy that uh, was just technical in the ring. Um, and I tell you what, man, they just, the Yenzers loved him. And, um, you know, um, he, he he wasn't loved everywhere. 
but um, right. you know, I, I remember the rumor was that that um, that he turned on Bruno. Now, not, uh, Nick may have it right uh, that uh, Bruno did him dirty, but the the room the rumors out there was that uh, Larry Zabisco, uh, you know, turned on Bruno, and I think he became somewhat of a heel um, around the country after that. Yeah, he did. There was places where they they busted his car up. They took shots at him. They stabbed him. I mean, I don't know if there was ever a bigger heel turn or or a bigger turn than Zabisco on Bruno and so graphic uh, hitting him with a chair like that and how close they always were. And then the setup to that rivalry. And, And Zabisco was also a hell of a wrestler, too. Uh, but Nick, your thought—I know it was a little bit before your time—but from what you know of that rivalry, no, yeah, uh, great rivalry. But you know, when I think of Larry Zabisco, I think of one of the—and not getting credit for—but one of the first, um, first guys that could actually talk and give give the type of heel interview um, that that he would give. Like one one of the best um, before all these guys now. Um, or even in the, in the later eighties was able to, you know, bring heat, um, from a crowd when he turned, when he turned heel. And then I remember, you know, back, you know, we didn't have cable TV growing up or anything. So we, we got the Saturday morning, you know, my, my older brother and I would watch like crazy wrestling, like on channel 67 at 2 AM Southwest championship or we'd watch channel 40, we'd have wrestling. Center. So we were watching it through the fuzz and listening to it. That's how, you know, we, we loved it. But I remember getting the magazines and a big feud was, um, Zabisco and Abdullah the butcher. And you would like, I couldn't believe the amount of blood that they would show in the magazine between, between right. the two. So I always wanted to see Abdullah the butcher, but I'd never, you'd never get to see him. Right. You'd, right. you'd never be on TV, but you'd be able to see all that in the magazines. And, and real quick, everybody, uh, you know, uh, Nick mentioned his brother, Vinny, <clears throat> was 11-time uh, champion, including NWA junior uh, heavyweight champion. So one of these days we're going to get him on. We'll force him on. But uh, Vinny was a huge, is a huge wrestling fan. Okay, another guy that uh, was big time. And I- I'm really curious for Jim's opinion on this. Again, he was a little bit before Nick's time. But that superstar Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham had the great interviews, big personality, colorful outfits, built like crazy. Jim, I obviously want your thoughts on superstar Graham, but what were your thoughts that he only was champion for nine months, even though he packed the uh, Madison Square Garden and, and most of the venues he was at? Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I. I that was my guy, um, him and uh, Tony Atlas, uh, the Black Superman. I mean, those yeah. guys were body bodybuilders, and That's right. and um, you know the the big arms and the small waist. I mean, you figured they could get on stage the next day and give Arnold Schwarzenegger all he wanted. And um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised when you told me he only um, held the title for for a brief period of time like that. Yeah, and the thing is, he was doing well. They they used to say that a bad guy, a heel, couldn't hold the belt too long because he just wouldn't draw. And I think he proved that wrong. Uh, Nick, I know Vinny's a huge fan of Superstar Billy Graham, but your thoughts on Superstar Billy Graham? Well, um, I think he the reason he didn't hold it, he had so much else going on. Like, he wasn't just a wrestler. He did everything. Um, and... He actually was Schwarzenegger's, uh, you know, lifting partner. And so if you're going to be Schwarzenegger's lifting partner, you got to be a specimen. And, and remember them touting the, the 22 inch biceps, That's right, um, yeah. they, they would say that stuff. And then, um, like he bulked up at one time and I think the very first, uh, and that's, I've seen like a rerun of, of something of this, but the very first, um, strongman competition superstar got up over like 300 some pounds and i think he finished like in the top 10 he may have been like seven or eight or something like that but i mean so not just you know not just uh beach muscles but here's a guy that that was in top 10 strongest guys on the planet um and and worked out with uh worked out with with schwarzenegger 
you know, the, the thing too, uh, I, I got to go back real quick about Larry Zabisco. He did become the AW, I believe he was the last AWA heavyweight champion as well. So uh, he's in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. But uh, Superstar had a great career. I just wish, like I, I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> that he would they would have left the belt on him longer because there was no evidence of the fans not coming or, or shrinking or anything like that, you know. So, but he lost the belt to Bob Backlund. Um, Backlund was a fantastic wrestler, uh, NCAA champion. Um, could could beat you up for real too. I mean, he, he was a he was a guy who could shoot. You know, he he was a hell of a fighter and a tough guy. But I never, and, and a good guy, you know, a good guy, but I never saw the attraction with him. And so much so that I mean, he was champion for years I, from 70, from 78 to, uh, Dece- or to, to December of 83. So that's how long he was champ, which is a long time. But the one thing, Jim, Jim and Nick, when Bruno fought <clears throat> the second fight of the night big name was maybe a tag team championship or sometimes they would bring Andre in or something like that. But I mean, they were nice cards. A true wrestling fan would, you know, always love those cards that Bruno was on. But when Backlund was champion, they had to have guys like Morocco Snuka, um, you know, Pete Morales against Greg Valentine or Valentine against uh, Tito Santana. There was a bunch of, uh, the Samoans. It was a bunch of Pat Patterson against somebody, Patera against Pedro, but there was a bunch of good fights that helped carry that main event. Um, so I don't know for sure if Backlund could have carried those cards as Bruno did. Again, good champion. All his fights were good. They were all competitive, and and he would come out, you know, victorious. But uh, Jim, your thoughts on Bob Backlund? Oh man, I tell you what, man. Um, I, you 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 said it all, uh, Claudio. Was that? I mean, me personally, he he wasn't one of my my favorites um, in that era. I mean, he was good. Um, he was technically sound. Um, right. But uh, like you said, he needed uh, you know a, a lot of help uh, to sell out the arena. You didn't just go there just to see him because he was a champion. Why weren't you crazy about him? Jim? Well, I was, I was more into um, guys like you, and of course, you know, Bruno was so, um, you know, big and strong, but I was more into the guys like superstar Billy Graham, uh, Tony Atlas, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, those kind of guys, man, uh, you know, macho man, yeah. you know, um, the personality. you go to the other, yeah, if you go to the, you know, I was a huge Ric Flair fan, and, you know, NWA, uh, you know, was some, you know, organization I tuned into a lot. And uh, so I was more into the personalities right. and the physique. Sure, sure. Nick, your thoughts on Bob Backlund? You know, I never understood when I was a kid, every week you'd turn on and you, you would hope somebody was going to beat Bob Backlund for, for whatever reason, <laughs> you'd be like, so, somebody's going to beat Backlund. And I loved, absolutely loved when Backlund was out doing the wheel and Slaughter came out yeah, when he's yeah. going to break the record and he, he just beat the snot out of him. And the, the funny thing about Backlund though, my theory on it is, is what needs to happen now with if they're going to keep with with the entertainment value is I think Backlund was a reset. If you go back and you watch some you know tapes of like the '60s and you you watch that's what the matches were like, and then the guy would come out at ringside and say, you know, I tried real hard, I did this, right, I right. did that. And I think it was a reset because it was get you know you get a little goofy and then you reset it back to what it was back in the day. And then that gets everybody in that reality mode. And then you, you hit them with the, the, the shockers, you know, with the, the chic or, or whatever you, 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 you build up to it. So I really think, uh, you know, older McMahon was still, um, you know, holding on to the old way and wanting to, uh, to like kind of reset that because there was no off factor with Bob Backlund, except for 
he was a he was a real wrestler. I mean, he was a, a stud college wrestler, um, and you know, he but he had no but but you enjoyed. I mean, maybe I just always rooted for the bad guys, but you you enjoyed seeing Slaughter come out and and break it up, and you're like, oh wow, because you you're sitting there as a kid thinking he's doing, and everybody like I'm over at my grandma's house. She had one of those wheels like under one of the, <laughs> under one of the coffee tables, you know, yeah, we'd yeah. pretend we'd pretend we were getting the record and the other, other brother would come over and drop a boot on, on us, and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, um, but very, uh, yeah, just a very dry, dry guy. And I feel bad for Bob Backlund because they, they, turn, they, they, you know, end of his career, it made him into a clown, you know, I mean, yeah. just, did all this weird stuff with them and just, you know, he Mr. went from the straight, yeah, the straight lace guy to a guy that, you know, like he had screws loose or something, you know, so, but I, um, I enjoyed yeah. watching. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching his matches because they were good matches. They were always competitive and he had a lot of rivalries and I used to go to the arena from March. I believe, like I said, February, March, probably March of 80 until, um, summer of 1982 every month my my brother would take us and it was just magical to see those guys but that was when backland was on his big run and we saw i saw him fight snooker i seen i seen him fight all the guys you know in morocco and they were great matches but i just never like jim said he just for for me he was fun to watch because again the the matches were good and competitive but the, the interviews, you know, because we used to love watching the interviews just as much as the matches on Saturday nights. So, um, you know, he, he lacked in that department. So I was always surprised they kept him for that long. Um, but we're going to take another break and we come back. We're going to talk about Tony Atlas and Ken Patera, two of the strongest men who ever wrestled. We will come back after we hear messages from our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Donna's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Laurie, my policy quote, call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963 or go to mypolicyquote.com. And don't forget about my book, which you can get on my website, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field. And in the office, The Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr., Smoking Jim Frazier, and myself. Click on, go to Channel Box, then click on the WBC live link. We are on all the time. That's boxing's best show. Don't forget to go to my YouTube channel, Claudio Relsano TV. Go to PA, PA dat, wait, what the hell? PA-BCA.org to listen to my basketball podcast and a special announcement coming soon with a new show and a new network. We are right back with Nick Kaplack and Smoking Jim Frazier. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout Western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. How much was your tax penalty for your health insurance last year? Were you told your health premium was going to be something, then you wound up paying a huge tax penalty? Are you tired of being lied to about your premium and then getting stuck in the penalty box? 
Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412 609 9963. Okay, guys, our final two wrestlers of the night, two legends. Again, two hall. I don't know if Patera's in the Hall of Fame, but Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas, I'll never forget, guys. He was fighting a guy named, his last name was Kane. Uh, I forgot his first name. He was a guy that uh, wasn't that good, but he had his robe on. And I remember seeing Tony Atlas on magazines, but never, you know, on TV. And when he took that robe off and just a sculpted body, but he was also athletic. He could jump, he could punch, he could kick. He was just a hell of an athlete. So he wasn't stiff, even, even though he had all those muscles. And he had a personality. Now, he was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And um, uh, Jim, your, your thoughts on Tony Atlas? I'll tell you what, he was uh, one of my all-time favorites, man. He was a built dude, um, great tag team guy with uh, Rocky Johnson, who I think is, is a rock fed, I believe. Yeah, um, recently. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you Russell, said died. Yes, he is the rock's dad, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, i tell you what, it was the same way, like you said, superstar Billy Graham was the, the blueprint um, that was my first favorite. And then when, uh, you know, this guy comes out with muscles on top of muscles and you just figured, man, when nobody going to beat him, but just moved around so much on, you know, different, um, federations and different networks and small ones and big ones. So you would always lose track of him, but, uh, you never lose track of his athleticism and the muscles and, and the funny way that he talked. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Flair would make fun of him sometimes, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, Jim, uh, though, you make a, you make a great point though, about him moving around to different federations. Do you think that hurt him as far as one territory really liking him or was it beneficial because all kind of people heard of me fought at different, uh, different States. Well, I think it hurt him in, in terms of, um, you know, um, being a heir apparent to a belt or holding a belt a long time. Um, you know, he, he just wasn't loyal to one Alliance for one reason or another. And, uh, I think that hurt almost anybody outside of Ric Flair, you know, Ric Flair could do it because he was Ric Flair. Like you always say, Claudio, there's certain guys that the uh, belt makes them, but there's certain guys that make the belt. And Ric right. Flair was one of those guys that could have wrestled in, uh, you know, a small independent, you know, chilly Billy <laughs> wrestling. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, would, it would gain national exposure. So, Nick, your thoughts on Tony Atlas? You know, I, I really enjoy watching Tony Atlas, Rocky Johnson tag team. I remember when they won the belt and it was like, you know, and I remember them, they were getting interviewed they had like a curtain behind them and they, they couldn't breathe. They're grabbing her faces. It was just like, it was real, you know, to when you were a kid. Um, and, and, but Atlas, you know, when you think of Atlas, you think about how many jobbers he put over his head over the years and slammed, and he didn't just let him fall on the ground. He, he, he threw them down to the mat. So like you tuned in on a Saturday morning to watch Atlas press a guy. Um, and you know, it just, That's right. you know, one thing is though, like, unfortunate, like what you know, these guys that they, they, they're on top of the world, they're, they're, they're these great entertainers. They've got toys made of them they're in every magazine. And then you follow them like, you know, later, way later in their career. And so much stuff happens with them. And you just, you kind of feel bad. Like in Atlas, I know that's, you know, he's had some issues here and there, but I did, um, real interesting. I did watch, a um, watch a interview with him. Not, it wasn't horribly long ago, but it was interesting because he was talking about when, there would be a, and he was talking about wrestling today. And he talked about when there was a, a card back in the day 
he said, look, he goes, there might've been a guy stronger than me. He goes, but they were not allowed to press somebody over their head. He goes, if Ric Flair was on the card, nobody else could touch the microphone, only Flair. He said, if, if Snooker was on the card, nobody touched the top rope. You're not allowed to. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. yeah. He spelled it out. And he said, you know, every day now, these guys are doing this stuff. And he said, but back then, he goes, you tuned in to see Jimmy Snooker fly off the top rope. You were waiting for Ric Flair to talk. You were, and he goes, now, now everybody has the microphone. Everybody's talking. Everybody's on the top rope. Everybody, he goes, so you don't get, you, you don't build it up. He says, it was, it was, you know, it, it was built up for the big moments. And those were the big moments. And, and he was right because, you know, I remember like second grade, you go to school and somebody would be like, oh man, I was at the Civic Arena and Snooka went off the, the top. Yeah. I remember at that time it would have been like the top of the cage he went off of. And it, no one could believe Snooka went off the top of the cage. Well, now you could see that. You could watch a hundred guys jump off the top of a cage on, on YouTube tonight if you wanted to. But <laughs> right. back then, it was a big deal. It was a big deal to see Atlas put some over because you've never seen that before. You're thinking, you got to be kidding me. This guy just picked a guy, pressed the guy over his head and held him there. Like that's impossible. You know, and as a kid, you know, and you're getting entertained by that. You, you're, you know, that Atlas just, you know, sticks out in your head because that's what, that's what you're tuning in. You're like, Oh my gosh, you know, here it comes. He's going to press it. And you're like, wow. You know? So yeah, Atlas is definitely a legend. One time Vinny, Nick's brother and I were at the civic arena uh, to watch wrestling matches. And all of a sudden, we see Tony Atlas, and he's kind of pacing, walking around. He's upset. So Vinny and I go up to him, hey, hey, Tony, how are you? He goes, I'm good, guys. Would you tell, Can you believe this? This lady will not let me into the Civic Arena because she doesn't believe I'm a wrestler. I said, what? <laughs> me and Vinny like, looked at, well, what the hell is this guy? Look at him. What do you mean he's not a wrestler? But this lady would not let him into the arena because she, she, he didn't have his credentials, whatever it was. And you got to be kidding me. What do you think he is? I mean, but, uh, but yeah, we met him. He was a very, very nice guy. Tom Danuno met him on Tom's uh, honeymoon on a plane. And he said how nice Tony Atlas was. And yeah, he, he did have some off out of the ring issues, but he seems to be doing well now. And, um, still very, very popular with the fans, very popular with interviews. And uh, he was definitely one of my all time favorites. I thought, and we are going to, Rocky Johnson is going to be one of our uh, wrestlers we're going to talk about. I wish they would have let him and Rocky uh, have the titles longer. Jim and Nick, do you know how many times they actually defended the, the tag team belts together? No more than two times, two, three times wow. max. Yeah, I don't know. I never understood that because they were very popular. Um, so that was kind of a dumb move. But, And finally tonight we're going to talk about the Olympic strongman, they used to label him as the strongest man in the world for a period of time, intercontinental champion for the WWF at the time, now WWE, fought in different territories. AWA got his start there, uh, dabbled a little bit in the NWA, and that is Ken Patera. Uh, Jim, your thoughts on Ken Patera and some of his rivalries and some of the memories you have of him? i tell you what, man, what a great, great name. He had a uh, a, a relative that played at East uh, Elizabeth Forward and went on to break all kind of Russian records at Slippery Rock and played a number of years in the NFL. And, and Ken could have played in the NFL. He had two brothers that played in the NFL. Just a, a great athlete, man, um, and just superhuman strength. Um, I think he set a world record at one time with the uh, clean impressive over 500 pounds, man. Put 500 to stand up and put 500 pounds over your head is incredible. It's hard enough to do it on the bench, let alone standing up and doing it. Um, the guy was just a, a great wrestler with a great name, um, somebody that you knew, had great strength. Um, he had an athletic background, almost went to the Olympics and in and, and a couple of different movements. One of them, I believe, with the shot put, but just somebody that, that had that name that had a, a respect from the athletic community because everybody knew when you heard about Kim Patera, you knew you were in there with a great athlete with superhuman strength. And his brother was the first head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, too. Is yes. that right? 
Yeah, he was the first. Uh, Jack Patera. Yeah, matter of fact. Um, wow. Yep, wow, yep. I didn't know I, that. I want to say that's who. Pretty sure that's who Chuck Knox replaced. But I know he was the first head coach of the Seahawks. Um, Nick, your thoughts on Ken Patera? Well, the one thing I know about Ken Patera is his finisher, that swinging full Nelson, yeah. swinging neck break. I, mean, neck break. I remember being put in that by my brother in the back room. There was bunk beds <laughs> back there. And I remember spinning around and around in circles in the room thinking, I think my neck's going to break for real. So I've been placed in the, in the swing full Nelson as a kid from my brother. I mean, we had our own wrestling federation in the basement. It was called the Barroom Federation. And go. we, um, I don't know why, we had our own characters, everything, and we, we beat the snot out of each other. But, yeah, I was placed in that move uh, quite a few times. But Kenny Patera, um, on top of the world, until some hoodlum threw a rock through a window and it kind of, kind of mess things up for him i don't know if you saw that story where yeah he, you yeah know, he went to the police and everything so but he was um yeah but when these guys you know they get into wrestling but they they were stud wrestlers they were stud strong men um and i think you know ken patera probably one of the most uh underrated guys th that ever came through um, and I remember, I think Piper for, for a bit there was his manager. Um, he was or he had Orndorff and Patera, which was, it was his like the only two guys. And, and it was really, really cool when, uh, Piper would bring those guys out. But yeah, Kenny Patera was, uh, was a, uh, was def another one of those, you know, legends that, that, that has kind of done it all. You know, the thing too, about Patera that Jim had talked about earlier, he, he was, he did good interviews, you know, he, and, and his ring, persona remember he used to make the grand wizard take his you know his his ro his uh, jacket off and all that kind of stuff and people would whistle and he put him back on you know he just annoyed people which was his job and uh, i i always enjoyed that I, I i saw him uh many times at the civic arena and you see him on tv and that's one thing but first thing i noticed was how damn thick he was i mean i knew he was strong but he could also move pretty good. Like Jim said, he was a very good athlete. And guys like him and Atlas, even though they – superstar a little bit, but Atlas was a terrific athlete. Patera was a terrific athlete with all those muscles. Now, they fought at the great card showdown at Shea in uh, August of 1980, and that was a good match. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ken Patera is definitely uh, a legend – in wrestling and uh, he came up at a, a, a great time for us for sure. But um, uh, guys, I, I uh, wanted to have you guys on and hopefully you guys can join me again when you have more Claude, of these wrestling series. Yes. Yes. I have one question for Jim. Sure. Yes. I think Jim, Jim what's left. your take? Jim left. Yeah. I don't know Jim's why. Going, okay. No question for Jim then. Go ahead, Claude. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Well, anyway, I, uh, I, I hope you guys will join us again uh, on the uh, other series for the wrestlers, uh, the 70s and 80s, which, again, I think is the golden age of wrestling. So thank you, Nick, for being on the show. And thank Jim, too. Thanks, Claude. Appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. As I said, we're going to do that several more times. We have a great list of wrestlers that we're going to uh, talk about. Uh, as always, I want to thank Rick Mitchell for the interest now. Throws uh, Adams Loof, the best producer out there, and a great person as well. Our great sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call Dom at 412-372-3667. Criminal defense attorney Eric jackson Laurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh. And Fox Chapel, call Eric at 412 412- 963-9308 and my policy quote call Lou Ragianti at 412-609-9963 mypolicyquote.com Lou's a great guy and he'll take care of you tell him we sent you tell all those guys where you heard heard their uh, names and, and businesses don't forget about my book you can get it on my website and uh, the boxing authorities check us out on channel box click the WBC live link the basketball podcast I do PA-PBC PA-BCA.org, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association podcast, an announcement coming up about a new show on a new network. And uh, as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. If uh, I don't, if you guys, don't, if we don't have another show, I don't think before Christmas, I wish all of you a very, very special Christmas 
and uh, super holiday. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Claudio Rosano Show brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. When I talk to my mom, she can't understand me. She gets so cranky and irritable. Well, your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds, and that leaves her trying to guess what you said. This makes conversation exhausting for her. Can we help her? Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Are you tired of paying too much for health insurance? With those enormous premiums, you lose yardage, then get sacked with all the upfront costs. What are you paying for? Lou and his team at My Policy Quote are your number one draft pick. They have access to all the top carriers, and as a brokerage, they have full market visibility with the tools and experience. Let Lou help you and your family find truly affordable quality insurance and quarterback your power play to get you out of the penalty box. Call Lou and his team at 412-609-9963.